Hello, and welcome to Heartline Ministries, a one-hour televised program and audio podcast where we take the timeless truth of Scripture and apply it to hearts and lives in the 21st century. Join Pastor Harold Noyes of Community Christian Church in Athens, Vermont, and Pastor Timothy Golden of Life on Main in Charlestown, New Hampshire, as they bring the light and life of God's Word to current situations and experiences. Now here are your hosts, Pastor Harold Noyes and Timothy Golden. This is a ministry where we take the Word of God, and in particular for the last number of weeks and for the next few weeks, Psalm 119, and apply it to our heart today. And one of the great things about the Word of God, Tim, is that it, it is so real today, just mm-hmm. as real today as when it was written. Yep. And we need to see that. We need to realize that. We need to understand that. Mm. And so that's why you know, I just love this psalm. I love the attitude of the psalmist. I, I, I love the attitude of, of how he is progressing mm-hmm. in what he is saying to us, you know, in his relationship as it grows in this this week, for example, in relationship to how the effects of the Word of God in our own particular lives mm-hmm. and how that how God wants to work with us yeah. and giving us wisdom and understanding and knowledge and, and so forth. Yeah, because he's helping us to understand that not only is the Word of God just as real today, it's just as practical yeah. today as it ever has been. And, and that is the whole premise of where we're going to be going. Yeah, so I, I'm excited about it. I, I am. I'm just, I just love it. I just, every week it just seems like, wow, there's some more wonderful, concrete evidence mm-hmm. of the truth of the Word of God. Tim, as we look at now this whole section, and and we're going to be looking at verses 97 through 104. This is in Psalm 119. How the psalmist now seemed to be growing in his relationship with God and in the relationship of what the law or the command or the precepts or the statutes, whatever word you want to give, the testimonies, whatever word that he uses, how he wants to or how he applies it to wisdom, mm-hmm. how he applies it to really gaining knowledge and knowing, mm-hmm. you know. And in my view, and I know, and in your view also, there's no greater wisdom than the wisdom that God come, that God gives to us. That's it. And how do you get it? Mm-hmm. You get it by reading the Word of God, but you also get it by applying the Word of God in your heart. Mm-hmm. And that's where the wisdom comes in, because so many times we read the Word of God, and then we close up our Bibles there and say, there, I read it, or there, I studied it. You know? and, but reading and studying is only the surface level. Um, that doesn't necessarily give you knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, knowledge is when you really begin to contemplate what it's saying and beginning to really define it in a way that it begins to make a difference within your thought patterns, within your ideologies. Um, But then, but that's still just knowledge. Wisdom is the practical application of the knowledge. Yeah, very good. You know, and and so it's then being able to take, okay, this is what the Word of God has been saying, and this is how important it is, but now this is how it can can transform me today. This, this is how it can begin to make a real difference in my life in the way that I um, not only think, but also the way I begin to act. And so that's a lot of where we're going. So it's knowledge and wisdom, but it's all found, it all has to start with the Word of God. Yeah, it does. And, you know, now let's, let's just make a, an application before we get into it. Um, back in the early part of our, our nation, the founding of our nation, the Word of God was the textbook mm-hmm. that they would use in our school systems. Mm-hmm. And basically the only textbook, yep. or the textbook. And over the years, of course, we have gone away, from, we have strayed from that. And now we have all these other kinds of textbooks and the Bible or the Word of God is someplace on a shelf gathering dust. Mm-hmm. Look at the nation when we were first formed mm-hmm. as to the nation today. Yeah. I find there's a vast difference in God being able to use what he used in the beginning of this nation as mm-hmm. opposed to 
how he can use us today, mm -hmm. even as a nation or yeah. as a people. Well, I believe it was even George Washington, if I recall correctly, who had stated regarding our, our system of government and, and this whole concept of democracy that we were building on, who had stated that this is the way we're going to go, but made the comment that if we separate this from the actual word of God, from the actual biblical principles, if, if, we, if we somehow begin to not look at them side by side, democracy cannot and will not work. You need to have it based in the framework of the scriptures. I think uh, President Ronald Reagan one time said, and I'm, and I'm not going to say it perfectly as he did, but he said something of the essence of if we leave the foundation of the Word of God, mm -hmm. then we have no foundation. Right. And I don't think any true words could have been spoken mm -hmm. concerning the Bible, the Word of God. And to me, the psalmist, and especially in verses 97 and 104, the psalmist really gives us that picture mm -hmm. that where is our foundation? Our right. foundation is to be on the Word of God. And and it's, it's not just reading it, but it is applying it. Mm -hmm. It's not just getting into the Word, but allowing the Word of God to get into us. Mm -hmm. And that is, to me, the key to the whole thing. Yes. Um, I'm going to uh, open in prayer, ask the Lord to be with us now as we go into these uh, eight verses and just see how God is going to work. Then I will have Pastor Tim read these verses for you, and I hope you would have the Word of God open to it. But that's why I ask the Lord to be with us for the next few moments as we look into the Word of God. Father, we thank you that you've given us your Word. And Father, that you are wisdom. Mm -hmm. And Lord, help us to, to understand that. Help us to see that. Lord God, I ask that you would just help us to apply it. Apply wisdom. But Father, it has to be your wisdom. So, Lord, be with us now. Use Tim and I to minister to the hearts and lives of each one who will be watching. And, Father, we'll thank you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. So, starting at verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. You, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep your precepts. I have restrained my feet from every evil way, that I may keep your word. I have not departed from your judgment, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Wow. I mean, I just read this over and over again, and I just look at it and say, talk about a guy who has now come to the place in his life and in his spiritual life where he has put such credence to the law of God or mm -hmm. to the word of God as yeah. we know it. And, and to say, you know, even though the prophets and the judges and, and all of those, they were great men. Mm -hmm. However, through God's word, I even have better understanding mm -hmm. than them. You know, and, and to me, that's really interesting. I, I, I couldn't help but read um, in, in Acts 4, where Peter started preaching, and the Pharisees had looked at it and, and said, who are these guys? I mean, these guys are uneducated fishermen. Mm -hmm. Where did they get this wisdom? Where did they get... I mean, how can they speak this way? Yeah. You know, I mean, look at them. I mean, they're, they're fishermen. They're, they're a bunch of ruffians. They're, they're this. Yet they are speaking with great wisdom. Mm -hmm. and, and that's the way God is today. Yeah. You know, I'm not, not, and I'm not knocking, you know, education at all. I mean, I, I have a doctorate. I'm not knocking education. But the thing is, is you know something? Um, this is what matters. Mm -hmm. This is the real education. Yeah. I, and like you said, we're not talking against it. If anything, we're actually talking for it. Because 
you could almost look at this section and say, wow, this is a pretty haughty individual. He sounds awfully proud. I've got more knowledge than the ancients. Yeah. You know, right, right. Um, I'm, you know, how, how else we put that? I have more understanding than my teachers, you know? Right. I, I'm wiser than my enemies. Now, I, we used to think that as kids, mm-hmm. right? What does she know? Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, it's not that he's boasting in himself. He's, he then follows it up each time with, I am this way, but this is why I'm this way. Yeah. It's not me. It's the fact that the Word of God is in me. Yeah. And not, not just that I've read it, not just that I've studied it, but it's actually gotten into the very fabric of who I yeah. am. You know, my, my mind goes back to at the very first verse there. I love it when he just says, oh, how I love your law. And yeah. my, my Bible has an exclamation point right after that. This was a loud statement. It's my meditation mm. all the day. In other words, I eat, drink, and breathe the Word. You know, I, I just can't get enough. I found myself this way a couple of nights ago. My wife went to the store. I know this would be very hard for you to believe, but she brought these, bought these pretzels. <laughs> but they were a garlic and onion flavored pretzel, you know, the party pretzels. And know what I had one of those? It's like, oh, that is so good. I love. And every time I walked by the table, I, I, I would make excuses to go by the table just so I could reach my hand in and take a couple more of those things. And I had to restrain myself because it was, <laughs> I would have eaten the whole bag yep. easy that night. But, you know, because why? Because I loved them so much. Once I tasted it, it's like I, I just wanted more. And I would actually make, like I said, make excuses to go back for more. This is what the picture that the psalmist is painting for us. I love your loss so much. I'll make excuses to go back for yep. more because it tastes... In fact, you make that analogy to taste way back at the end of the section, right? When we talk about honey, it's sweet yep. to my sweet. taste. Right. Exactly. You know, it, th- there's something that it does inside me. It really excites my senses. It excites who I am to the point that I want more and more and more. And I'm not going to be satisfied till it's all gone, you know, <laughs> right? Is it the Apostle Paul, I believe, and I just can't... The reference skips me. Where the Apostle Paul, I believe it is, says, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, wait a minute. What does that mean? Taste and see Mm -hmm. that the Lord is good. It'd be the same as going back to the book of Ezekiel, where it goes and says, and I ate thy word. Mm -hmm. You know, I ate it. And I think that we need to get back to that kind of intensity when it comes to the word of God. You know, where, you know, like you've already made, made reference to verse 97, oh, how I love mm-hmm. thy law. How much do I love it? Mm-hmm. I meditate upon it all the day. Yep. Now, that doesn't mean, folks, that he's, you know, he's walking around with an Old Testament in his hand, you know, and he's bumping into things because he's just reading all of that. No, no. But when he's practicing it. He's allowing it to get into him he's you know he's reciting it he's doing this he's Mm -hmm. you know when he has a moment he just wants to get back to to the law of god the word of god Mm -hmm. now could it be tim that in this portion of scripture as he is alluding to coming up to this portion of scripture he's really starting to see who god is Mm -hmm. because what is this you know this is just a reflection of the person of God. Mm-hmm. You know, he gave us his word to tell us who he is, what he is, how he works, mm-hmm. and what he expects, and all of that. Mm-hmm. So this is a reflection of who he is. So now what he's doing is saying, oh, how I love your law. Why? Because I, I now see you for who you are. Mm-hmm. And if we could come to that point in our lives where we look and see God for who he is, mm-hmm. not just some far-off spirit someplace that, you know, he's seated up there, we're down here, he doesn't mm-hmm. really care. Once in a while, he, you know, he makes an appearance and whatever. And no, that isn't who he is. Right. You know, he is with us moment mm-hmm. by moment. He is with us right here, right now. I believe, this is my belief, I believe that he's seated right here between Tim and I mm-hmm. and just saying, we're two or three gathered together, guess what? There I am in the midst yeah. of you. And I'm Excuse me, I am here. Yeah. And the psalmist is seeing that. I, mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking, is as he reads the Word of God, what does the Word of God do? Mm-hmm. It draws us into a closer attention to who God 
Yes. Well, he really laid that out, you know, as we've talked about, as we look in the context of what has happened all the way up until this point. If this is the first episode you've tuned into, you know, go to our YouTube channel, watch the other episodes, because um, what you see take place is the focus on the written word to begin with. But then, as you said, he then made a transition for the last two or three stanzas that we've talked about where it shifted from the word to identifying the person mm -hmm. that is the manifestation of the word, right? And right. that being God himself. And now he comes back to the word. So it's like, the word is awesome. It's helped me understand who you are. And because of the word, I now can enter into a level of relationship with you. And in the midst of that relationship now, it almost now brings the word to even a more, um, not only personal, but a more powerful impact in my life, because it's now not just the words you said or a manifestation of who you are. It's both of those things. And because of that, it's created a whole new passion. It's created a whole new love within me for the things that are of you. And henceforth, why it says, oh, how I love your law. Yeah. You know, I, I, as I go back up, for example, if we look at verse 94, mm -hmm. you know, in, in connection with these verses, he goes and says, I am thine, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. Mm -hmm. That word sought, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. I have looked into, I have studied, I have put into practice, I have asked direction. Last night during prayer meeting, I taught out of Matthew chapter 7, starting with verse 7, going down through verse 11, where Jesus says in our prayer life, ask and you shall receive, seek and you mm -hmm. shall find knock and the door shall be opened. Mm -hmm. And I related the word seek. What does mm -hmm. it mean to seek something? Yeah. That means I, in, I intentionally ask for directions. Mm -hmm. You know, I intentionally ask to, you know, how I get there? What do I do? That's, it. That's what he's doing in verse 94. For I have intentionally looked into your precepts. Mm -hmm. Because I, want, I don't want to just see the surface stuff. Yep. I want to see the deep, intricate part of you. And then he goes in verse 97, because I have sought you, 94, 97, I love your word. Mm -hmm. It's realizing that his spending time in the word, his meditating on the word day and night, what separates it, what makes it important is he is not involved in a routine He's involved in a romance. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, the, it's this passion that you see. It's not doing it because I should or doing it out of some level of duty because every good spiritual righteous person spends time in the Word, so right. I need to spend yeah. time. It's not an I need to, it's I want to. It's not an I ought to, it's an I get to. Mm -hmm. You know, and that is the mindset into which he is entering into this. And so it's, you know, I don't want to, you know, kind of downplay it, you know, with, with this concept of romance. But if you think about it, we've, uh, last month we just had Valentine's Day. Yep. And I would be interested to know how many people went, how many guys went out and bought a heart of chocolates and flowers for that special someone in their lives. And then what I would like to find out is how many of them did that simply because that's what you do on Valentine's Day? Mm -hmm. And how many did that out of the romance? Yeah. You yeah. know, and because they really wanted to communicate something special. I would be inclined to think that the vast majority probably got them because it's Valentine's Day and that's what you do. And when they got to home, their wife would say, where are they? Mm -hmm. <laughs> expecting them to come. Right. right. Almost expecting that routine. Exactly. And, but it's... You're doing the same act, but what's the heart behind yep. it? Yep. And, and I think that that's what we've got to understand with the psalmist is he was doing all the right things, but it wasn't to do the right things. It was to do the things that he wanted to do because of the relationship he had with God. Let me read these scriptures, and this is out of Second Timothy chapter 3, starting with verse 15 and going down through verse 17. Listen to what it says. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able, okay, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith that is in Christ Jesus. Why? 
All scripture is given by inspiration of God. How much? All of it. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Remember, in 94, he goes and says, I have sought your precepts. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I have looked at these areas, and I know them to be true. Then he says in verse 17 of 2 Timothy 3, that the man or the person of God may be perfect, mature, thoroughly furnished unto, the, unto all good works. Mm. So what furnishes us? Now, we know it's the Holy Spirit of God, but what is it that the Holy Spirit of God uses? He uses the Word, the word of God. Mm -hmm. And I love what he says in verse 15. Why? Because the Scripture makes thee wise. Mm -hmm. Makes thee wise. And that is what the psalmist is now hitting on in these portions of Scripture mm -hmm. from 97 to 104. Mm -hmm. How do you become wise? And why do we need wisdom? What is wisdom? Mm -hmm. You know, is wisdom just... is. It's just, well, you've got wisdom because now you've got gray hair and, and you've been alive long enough and all that. You know, Is that what wisdom is? What is wisdom? Well, I think as we said before, it's the practical application of godly knowledge you know, that, that is ours through the Word of God, you know, especially in the context which we're talking about here. Um, so it's not just knowing the right stuff. It's knowing the right stuff, but knowing how to rightly apply it in each and every circumstance, in each and every situation that we come into. Not in a way that necessarily we think will benefit mm -hmm. us, but in ways that will actually bring us life. Because if we think back again to that passage that you just read out of that letter to Timothy, right. um, it started off by saying, poorly, according to some translations, that all Scripture is inspired by God. Yeah. But rightly, the way that your translation said, when it said all Scripture is God-breathed. Breathed. Yeah. What do we know about the breath of God? Well, we see it all the way back in Genesis, that he breathed into man, and what happened? He became a living being. Right. You know, and that's what separated us from other creatures. Well, other creatures are alive, yeah, but it's talking about a spiritual life yep. that was breathed into us. And, and so that's what we get through the Spirit. And so it, it's He breathes His Word into us as we read, as we gain the knowledge, but then we allow Him to breathe on it in us. It actually brings forth a level of spiritual life within us to help us walk in a way that is holy and pleasing unto Him. So... Is it fair or safe to say, and without doing any damage at all to Scripture mm -hmm. or taking Scripture lightly, is it safe to say that even today, years later, hundreds, thousands of years later, that we can still, that God can still breathe His Word in us? Mm -hmm. And that He longs to. And, and He wants to. That is exactly it. So are we in a place in our spiritual walk where we would even pray or seek, God, breathe on me mm -hmm. your word. Breathe on me your word. Yep. And the psalmist here, I think, from 94 where he says, I sought your precepts, into 97, because I have sought your precepts, oh, I have, how I love your law. It is my meditation, all that. What do, what do I want to think about? Mm -hmm. What does Paul say in Philippians? Think upon these things, these things that are in Christ Jesus. Or let the mm -hmm. mind of Christ be in you, which is in Christ mm -hmm. Jesus. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. How many of us are concentrating really on the mind of Christ mm -hmm. as we go about our daily business? Yeah. 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 And again, it's remembering because we, we have a cultural problem today with that word meditate. Yeah. Because, and we've talked about this before, that we have reduced it down to some aspect of sitting with your legs crossed, you know, touching fingertips to fingertips and mm -hmm. saying om. Yeah. You know, that is not meditation that it's talking about here. Meditation it's talking about here actually comes back into this food aspect that we were kind of talking about before, because he's talking about at the end, tasting it, right? And things eating like that. Yep. And we're talking about eating. Eating isn't about just what takes place in the mouth. It's when you eat and you swallow what happens. You process 
what it is that yep. you have just chewed on. So it's chewing, then it's that processing and digesting it so that the very essence of what you just took in becomes a part of every living cell of you. And so that's what he's talking about here with meditation is that I don't just read your word. I don't right. just take it in. I'm going to take it in, but now I'm going to process it in my life. I, I, I'm going to put it through the, the different systems, whether it be my family, whether it be my work, whether, whether it be my church, you know, whether it be my own personal life. I am going to take it and I'm going to begin to process this scripture, th these words of God that are full of life until it gets to the point where it's permeated every part of my being. That is meditation. So is it fair to say then, with the definition of meditation that you've given, one part of the definition is, yes, I need to empty myself mm -hmm. of the thoughts of the day, of the pressures of the day and all those things. I need to do that so that I can fill myself with what God's Word says. Yes. You know, and, I, and I, you know, I caution my people as they're coming to church on Sunday, for example, or any service, is when you're walking up that ramp to come into the sanctuary, do yourself a favor. Mm -hmm. Pray a little prayer. Lord, empty me of thoughts and things that are going to distract me from worshiping you, mm -hmm. from hearing you, yep. from a applying your word in my heart. Mm -hmm. Get rid of that stuff so that I can concentrate upon you. Yeah. And that's, you know, to me, that's, it's, it's one thing about emptying yourself, but then going to the point of concentration to it. And I think the psalmist is doing that. He says in verse 98, thou through thy commandment. And, and I love that because he says thou. Who mm -hmm. does it? He does. God does. God does. God does. You know, even though the psalmist has sought him, and the psalmist has to put in uh, uh, his, what's the word I want? Wants to be active in it. Mm -hmm. He wants to be a participant in it. But it's God doing the work, mm -hmm. you know? And, and God expects us to be participants. Mm -hmm. So he goes and says, thou, through thy commandment, had made me wise. God, mm -hmm. you're the one who did it. Mm -hmm. You are the one who, who illumined my eyes to fix on the Word of God mm -hmm. so that I can know what the Word of God says and the God of the Word. Mm -hmm. You know, you're the one who does that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the reason why I can say that I am wiser than my enemies, rather than us thinking that this is just some sort of proud terminology, is the fact that, as you said, you, O oh God, through your commandments have given me this wisdom that makes me wiser than my enemies. Why? Because any wisdom that they have, because they are not in relationship with you, any wisdom that they can have access to is only going to come through their own experiences. But I have involved in my life the one who is the wisdom of the ages. Hmm. You know, he who lives outside of time and space, he who knows who's been through eternity past will be eternity future. And he is not bound in this framework of time to the point that my knowledge has to be only within this little box. He's outside this box. And so I have access to all the wisdom that he has, which is the wisdom right. of this box and that box and the next box and, the, and all these other ones back here, you know. And even you take all of the wisdom of all the ages from the creation of time to the end of time, and it still is only a fraction of the kind of wisdom that I have access to because of the God I serve. And if I open myself up to his words, I have access to all of that. So as I look at, go back for a moment, and, and one of the neat things about Scripture is Scripture will always teach Scripture. Mm -hmm. To go back to verse 96, just for a second, because to me, 96 is really the framework or the foundational work for 97 to 104, mm -hmm. because he goes and he makes a declaration and the declaration is this, I have seen an end of all perfection. Mm -hmm. What is he saying? Now, last week we spent some, quite a bit of time on this, but what is he saying is when I read this, I know what is perfect. I know what is true. Mm -hmm. Because God, that's who you are. Yeah. You are perfect and true. So that, that I don't need to look any further. Mm -hmm. I found it. Yeah. And in you and I, I mean, certainly in our own personal lives, you know, have come to that conclusion in our own life. Wait a minute, what more do I need? 
All I need is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, last Sunday I preached out of uh, Acts three, where the lame man was asking for alms, and Peter and John were were there in the midst of the court, going into the temple, and he was asking alms, and he's saying, you know, give me alms, give me alms, and Peter looks at him and says, fix your eyes on me. Mm. And the man fixed his eyes on him, and Peter says, silver and gold have I none. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything to give you, but let me give you what I've got. And he gave him Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he took his hands, and he, and can you imagine that man, for 40 years, had not been able to use his legs. Mm-hmm. Yet when he jumped up, his legs were perfectly whole. Wait a minute. That's the God. That's the God we have. Why? Because Peter and John were willing to give him what he had, and his name is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to do. You know, if we can give you nothing else, we want to give you Jesus. Mm-hmm. And what the psalmist is saying is the very same thing. Wait a minute. It is you, Lord, who have made me wiser than mine enemies, for they mm-hmm. are ever with me. You know, um, what, what, is, what is ever with him? Is it his enemies are ever with him in 98, or is it the commandments of God? Mm-hmm. You know? And yes and yes. <laughs> it is, it is. You know, so you look at that, and I love Tim's yes and yes. Not a yes and no. Uh, yes and yes, because, wait a minute, even though my enemies are always with me, guess what? There's something even greater with me, and that is the commandments of God. Mm-hmm. Okay, they have become a part of me. Mm-hmm. And, and in essence, you can almost go to the point of saying, that's who I now am. Yeah. You know, and, and to me, that, this is just so neat. Nine, in, in verse 99... I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. Now, like you say, he's not bragging or even putting down his teachers, Mm -hmm. but I think what he's doing is saying, I have learned what it is to take that which is needful Mm -hmm. and apply it to my heart and life. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't need anything else. I've been able to do away with the middleman. Yeah. It's kind of what saying. You know, I have more understanding than my teachers. Why? Because I know the teacher who yep. gives knowledge to the teachers. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm going straight to the source mm-hmm. is really what he's saying here. I, I, you know, and I'm not downplaying the importance of having, you know, earthly teachers or, or to glean wisdom from those that have walked the walk before us. But... I think what he is helping us understand here is we can never let those teachers replace the teacher with a capital T. Yeah, superseding. You yep. know, we understand that their knowledge comes from God, you know. Um, receive what they have to offer, but understand this, you need to go to the teacher himself, even amidst everything. And I know you've done this because I know you've talked about it. I know I do this where there's been good many Sundays I get up and I let people know, look, don't just take my word for it. Yep. Go home and look it up for yourself yep. and let the Lord, you know, show you whether this is, you know, what I'm sharing with you is true. Because there's sometimes, you know, we're going to miss it, even as pastors, where we're not going to get it 100% because, you know what, we're human just like yep. the rest of everybody else. And we, all we can bring is the, the wisdom and knowledge that, that we have gleaned, you know, given the filter of our life and the filter of our carnal mind, you know, we hopefully have a a pretty good understanding of what Scripture says, but we don't have a perfect understanding. Apostle Paul didn't have a perfect right. understanding. First Corinthians 13, he said what? We now know in part, we prophesy in part, right? right? And this is where we're talking about. We don't have a full picture. We can only share that which we have been able up to this point to be able to truly understand for whatever reason. But So for that reason, Take what we have, but then take it before the throne of God and let him take it to the next level. Exactly. And, and that, is, that is the key. How many times, Tim, have you or myself, we go down into the prayer room before we go get the message. Mm-hmm. We go down into the prayer room and we say, Lord, I've studied. Mm-hmm. Lord, I have pawed through your scriptures. Mm-hmm. Lord, this is what I've got. Yeah. But Lord, I want what you've got. Mm-hmm. And how many times have we walked away after a Sunday morning and just say, wow, I wasn't planning on that. Mm-hmm. Well, how many times have you and I encountered that with this very program? Yeah, this very program. You know, yeah. we, we do our, our 
preparing, we do our studying, we do our teaching, and you know, and to kind of let the cat out of the bag a little bit. I, I don't know. I can't speak for you specifically, but I know out of everything that I prepare, nine times out of ten, where the Lord ends up taking us during yep. our our program is not at all where I thought we were going to end up. In fact, of most things that we've shared, maybe 20% come from what I actually yeah. studied, and the other 80 is fresh insight he's giving us as, as we are conversing and as we are reasoning together and meditating on the Word together. And that is the end of verse 99. Good intro. That is the end of 99. Why? For thy testimonies are my meditation. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've seen, this is how you work. I've mm-hmm. seen, this is what you've done. I've seen, this is how you apply it. Now I just got to give that out. Yep. You know, and, and what, a, what a wonderful, wonderful thing. Mm. Verse 100, I understand more than the ancients. Well, maybe the reason for that is this, is, you know something? I've heard what the ancients have said. But now, as time goes on, guess what? More and more and more testimony, more and more actual Mm -hmm. God working Mm -hmm. is going beyond what the ancients have said. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do we look at it? I mean, we look at the New Testament, for example, and say, wait a minute. We have what the the prophets have told us in in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. I love the Old Testament. I, I absolutely love the Old Testament. But the thing is, guess what? It has to stop there. And then God now has given us the New Testament and says, here, let me give you a greater picture. Mm-hmm. And then the coming of Jesus Christ and all that mm-hmm. had happened. So you and I can say, I have more understanding than the ancients. Mm-hmm. Why? They understood just as far as they were and just as far as God had given them that understanding. But now it's gone so much further. Mm-hmm. Because of Jesus Christ coming, because of what Jesus Christ did, the actual cross, the actual burial, the actual resurrection, mm-hmm. the actual ascension into heaven, and, and the pouring of the Holy Spirit of God, that is so much more than what the ancients had. Mm-hmm. So that the psalmist is, in, in, to me, rightly is saying, I understand more than the ancients. Why? Because they went as far as they could, but now, guess what? God is showing more and more and more of himself. Mm-hmm. You know. There are two ways that we learn. One is through our experiences, and the other is through others' experiences, yep. right? Um, I heard a pastor put it this way once. He's like, uh, he uses this analogy. He's like, you walk, th- you walk across a room, and you forget to open the door, and you run into the door, right? Experience tells you, run into door. That hurts. Open door. <laughs> you know, yep. go through. But the thing is, is I, th- that's one way to learn. The other way to learn is have a friend that says, you know what, see that thing over there with a handle? Open it, because you run into door, it hurts. Yep. And you know what, if I then take that knowledge and I apply that in that moment, I've already got that knowledge before I've ever gone through the experience. And so now anything else that I can learn as I go through and have my experience, I can now share with another. And so now they have the summation of those two experiences, and now they can take it even further. And right. so, so you definitely have that. Um, I think another application of this is I think about some of the ancients were kings. Yep. And one thing that kings typically did is what? They would write out the scriptures. That, that was one of the king's roles, is they would just write out what the scripture said. They would just retranscribe it. And, but you know what? That's kind of like what a lot of Christians do. You know, They simply read the word. You know, you're, you're, you're going through the motion. But what he's saying here is the thing that helps me understand more than the ancients is that I actually keep the precepts. Right. You know, I didn't just write it down. I took it to heart. Yeah, I practice it. Yeah. I, yeah you know, and it becomes real. It becomes so real to us. So, and, so and then he goes, because I keep thy precepts. And, and once again, he's, he's talking about, look, this has become real to me. Mm-hmm. My question for us, all of us, is, is how real is the Word of God. Mm-hmm. We know in Hebrews, for example, was it Hebrews 13, that the Word of God is quick and powerful, yep. sharper than any two-edged sword, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's alive. Mm-hmm. And we need to make sure that we understand it, yep. that it is alive, it is real. Mm-hmm. It's doing the cutting that needs to do, but it's also applying the balm of Gilead when it needs to apply mm-hmm. the balm of Gilead. It, you know, it is, it is so real. And to so many Christians, it's become dull, or it's become flat, or it's become, you know, like that ginger ale you leave out all night and it just loses. Mm-hmm. That ought not to be the Word of God. Right. 
you know, it's got to be alive every yeah. single moment, and, and it needs to right. be. Well, to say that I keep thy precept, and that concept of keep that means I, I, I possess, I grab hold of. Um, a great recent example we can have is not too long ago, we watched this thing called the Super Bowl, Yeah. right? Uh, or, or watch football, and it, it carries with this concept of keeping is like when that ball comes to that individual that's catching that pass, what does he do? He doesn't just reach out and just kind of grab a hold of it. He takes it and they pull it in nice and close to where they are yep. to the point that not only is their hand holding it, their body is actually holding that football and cradling it. This is the concept that we're kind of seeing here with keeping his precept. It's not just kind of grabbing a hold of it or just hoping I can keep my yep. grip. You know, it's taking it and pulling it in close. Yep. So that nobody, even if I get hit by this person or that person coming at me, I'm not going to lose the ball. Yep. So. Yeah, and that great picture. That is a great, great picture. So he goes and he says, look, I keep thy precepts. And, and once again, it's keeping it close to you. It's, it's mm -hmm. making it real. Then he goes in verse 101, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. You know, verse 101, and, and to me, it's, I have made a conscious effort mm. to not get where I become involved in those things that I know I don't want to be involved in. Mm -hmm. You know, I, 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 I make a conscious effort not to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, not to get caught someplace where I ought not to be. You know, I think so many of us, I think sometimes we, we you know, we, we forget that we need to make a conscious effort of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Not to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Just try right. not to. Or read the wrong literature or watch the wrong movies or whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever the thing is. He, he goes and says, look, I have refrained my, my feet from every evil way. I, I have made sure... I have consciously made the effort mm -hmm. to stay close to God. Yep. You know, and, and we need to do that. Sometimes we just we get so flippant in it that we say, Oh, God will take care of me. And mm -hmm. we walk, you know, nonchalantly and, and we walk haphazardly into a wall, you know, mm -hmm. or into some place we, we ought not to be, or into something we ought not to be doing. And and well God, God didn't keep his promise. Yes he did. Mm -hmm. You didn't keep yours, you know. Right. You did not Keep yourself refrained from mm -hmm. doing that. Yeah. Well, and how do you restrain your feet? I mean, physically speaking, how do you do that? It's not just telling your feet where not to go, right? Your feet will go whatever direction you choose to shift your weight. Yeah. You know, and, and if I want to go this way, you know what? The weight of my whole being has got to go that way. If my feet start to go this way, but I lean with my body this way, my feet are going to go this way, right? Or vice versa. I go, my, lean my feet to the right, my, bo or my body to the right, my feet are going to go to the right. And so, again, it's, it's just another picture of how we need to throw our whole self into this. This is not just a matter of just, again, being kind of flippant. It, it's this full dedication that we're seeing with this, um, with, with the writer of this psalm, that I will restrain my feet, meaning I will, I will cause my whole body to line up with what, it, what is holy and not allow any part of me to give way to evil. And if I do that, my feet will follow suit. You know, I find it interesting in verse um, 98, the very first word, thou, through that commandments. Okay, so, so you go, in, in, in the psalmist is, is giving God all the credit. Mm -hmm. You are the one who does this. You go to verse 102, and he does the same thing. I have not departed from thy judgments. Why have I not departed? For thou hast taught yeah. me. That is how intimate it is. Yeah. I like the way my translation puts it. He says, for you yourself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, and I like that. Making I, it really, I don't want anyone to confuse this. This is you, and it's only you. Yep. Yeah. So, so what he's doing, you know, what what is it that he's he's point painting for a picture for us, is that intimate relationship that he has with God, and because of the intimacy, I don't want to do anything that's going to hurt him. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do anything that's going to displease him. Right. 
Why? Because I have an intimate relationship. It would be the same with me and Patty. You know, I don't want to do anything to hurt her. I mean, mm -hmm. she has been my bride for nearly 50 years, and two years before that we dated, and, you know, I mean, we've gotten to know each other and love each other, and, boy, I don't want to do anything to hurt her. Mm -hmm. Well... Now just multiply it a billion times because of who God is. Do I want to do anything that's going to hurt that one mm -hmm. who loves me so much that, that, I would, that I wouldn't refrain my feet from going the wrong way or I wouldn't refrain my lips from not saying the wrong thing or, or, I wouldn't, you know, or that I wouldn't meditate upon God's word and, mm -hmm. and apply God's word in my heart? No, I want to do that which is going to be pleasing to him. Yeah. Why? Because I love him. Why do I love him? Because he first loved me. Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and I think what the church needs to do is we need to get back into that love relationship mm -hmm. with Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I mean a deep love, agape love relationship with Jesus Christ. Well, he even said, I think it was in Mark chapter 12, um, where he said that here's the greatest commandments, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And by the way, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And if you do these things, on this hinges all the law, law and, the and all the prophets. Yep. What, is the law, what was the law and the prophets in that day? Because we didn't, they didn't have the New Testament yet, because Jesus was still walking the earth. This was the lips of Jesus that spoke this. The law and the prophets were what they knew to be the Word of God at right. that point in time. Yeah, and so what he was saying is, you want to get this down? You, you want to live this book? You, you want to have the wisdom of the ages that's here? It only comes through love. Yep. It's and, got to and start there. He even starts there in verse 97. Mm -hmm. Oh, how I love thy law. Yeah. You know, and, and be like that football analogy you just, you just used. What it was, he's embracing it. Yep. He's embracing I'm clenching my arms around it, mm -hmm. and I want to embrace it. Never, ever let go, because, boy, that running back does not want to fumble. You know, because right. he knows he's going to get it when he gets out. But no, I don't want to let go. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to fumble Jesus. I just, I want to keep him ever so close yep. to me. And that's what he's saying. That's how he's, he's looking at it. You know, I have not departed from you, judgments. Why? Because you're the one who taught them to me. Mm -hmm. You know, and I remember there's so many things. My dad's been gone since 2007. But there's so many things that I still remember that my dad taught me that I never want to let go of. Mm-hmm. Why? Because my dad taught it to me. Yep. And it's just apply that more to God. Yep. I don't want to let go of any of what God has given me. Why? Because God mm -hmm. gave it to me. You know, and boy, I don't want to let go of that. Why should I let go of that? Mm -hmm. You know, that's the most precious thing. Yep. And then he goes and says, look, when you learn all of this, when you learn to love his law, when you learn to meditate upon it, when you learn to have it ever before him, when you learn his testimonies and his meditation, when you learn his precepts, when you learn to keep his word, what does it become? It becomes sweet are your words unto my taste. It becomes mm -hmm. sweet. I wonder how many people who call themselves Christians or they recognize themselves as Christians, but the words sometimes seem very bitter to them. Mm -hmm. It ought not to be bitter. It ought to be sweet. Yeah. Even the hard sayings, ought to be sweet to mm -hmm. us. Why? Because it's going to draw us ever closer to himself. Yeah. Well, it makes me think. In fact, I wish we would, I would have thought about it, would have put it up here on the screen for us, but I actually watched a video on Facebook the other day. Absolutely tickled me because it reminded me of my son when, when he was young, but it was, it was just this video, this candid video of a baby getting, it, getting its first taste of ice cream. And, you know, the, the parent had this ice cream cone that had the ice cream on it, and the baby's there and just kind of grabs hold of it. And the eyes look like, oh, this, this looks pretty nice. And it just kind of grabs it and, and puts the ice cream to its lips and, and tastes it. And at first, there was no change in the expression. But when that taste of sweetness really hit the taste buds, the eyes got really big. And what was amazing was, because the he got that first little take, and, and it started pulling away. But as soon as he, it hit him, he grabbed that, and he pulled that <laughs> from, from that parent and just stuffed his whole yeah. face right into it, you know? And, uh, and I thought, wow, what a picture of this here, you know? When, yeah. when we get that 
that taste of the sweetness of the Word of God that makes us just want to pull it in and get our whole face yep. smeared right into yeah. it, you know? And, and that, once again, that, that's why in verse 103 he goes and says, look, your words are sweet unto my taste. Yay. Let me even go further. Let me describe it better. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. Mm -hmm. Wow. And there's nothing more sweet than, than pure nope. honey. That's or, it. You know, or pure maple syrup. Pure honey. All right. Hallelujah. And then 104. <laughs> Through thy precepts, through thy precepts, I, sorry, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate, and that's a word. I hate every false way or evil way. You know something? The more we get engrossed in the word of God, the more sin looks sinful. Mm -hmm. Matter of fact, Paul even uses the term. It looks even exceeding sinful. Mm -hmm. And we don't want anything to do with that. That's right. You know what a beautiful, beautiful psalm. What a beautiful, beautiful stanza of this Psalm 119. I mm -hmm. hope that you can glean some wonderful truths from that. I'm Pastor Harold Noyce, pastor of the Community Christian Church. We're located on the Lower Road in Athens, Vermont. Uh, we have morning worship at 9.30 every Sunday morning. We have evening worship at 6 p.m. We have Bible study during the week. We do have a prayer meeting at the church on 7 p.m. on Wednesday, and that is open to anybody. Love to have you come and just share and, and going before the throne of grace and just you know, talking with God about the very necessary situations which we find our world in today. Mm. And if you're in the Charlestown area, we invite you to come down to Life on Main, which is off Main at 223 Old Springfield Road in Charlestown, also known as the Charlestown Senior Center. 11 o'clock is our worship service. 10 o'clock we have a coffee fellowship time. I encourage you to be a part of that. Um, this week we also do have a barbecue pot blessing after the service. Uh, our first one of 2022, so we're psyched about that. Uh, so, you know, you're welcome to stick around for that afterwards. During the week we also have small groups. Um, one of our main ones is our cottage prayer meeting Wednesday nights at the Abundant Life Center at 276 Main Street in Charlestown. And that is open no matter what church you go to. We just want to seek God on behalf of our community. Um, we also have some different Zoom groups that happen during the week. This coming Sunday, we're starting also at 6 o'clock, uh, something we call Faith Steps, which is a discipleship track. And we are going to begin to get into the, starting with the foundations of what Christianity is. And to so we can have a real good, um, strong basis for our faith in Christ. And uh, so I encourage you to be a part of that. Again, you don't have to necessarily be a part of Life on Main. This is basic um, Christian doctrine that we're going to be covering. That will also happen at 276 Main Street, the Abundant Life Center, 6 o'clock Sunday nights. Doctrine 101, right? Yes. Doctrine. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in to Heartline Ministry.